Well, hello and welcome back to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Some Grace Churches Australia. And our hope is that this podcast helps you to be fueled and formed by the glorious gospel um, in your life and in your ministry and in your churches. I'm here with Dave Taylor. Hello. And we are pastors of Southern Grace here in Australia. We've been going through a series on what it looks like to be a gospel-centered church, mm-hmm. um, knowing the gospel, applying the gospel. And now we're looking today at the final element, proclaiming the gospel. And um, I want to just get a little bit of an update, though. Dave, how are you? Um, Brother, I'm I'm good. Yes, I've travelled for the first time. Yes, you are sneezing a lot <coughs> yes. for someone... <laughs> Yes. So if, if anyone, I would ask, maybe put a mask on as you listen Even to this. Even the microphone's wearing a mask just yeah. in case. Now, I am, I am, I am good. I think this is allergies. We're hoping. Well, I'm COVID immune. <laughs> yeah, so, so you'll be fine. I'm fine. It's just everyone else. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it's allergies. It's a pretty shocking time of the year, unfortunately. Yeah, for I've that, got them too. We'll see how we go. I will try and not sneeze my way through this. We'll have to call you Sneezy. All right. <laughs> Mr. Sneezy. Well, we're talking about proclaiming the gospel today. I just want to start with a simple question for you. Why? Why do we right. need to proclaim the gospel? Yeah. Do you know what? It, it is such a basic question, but oh my, what an important one. Hmm. Because if we don't soberly assess the reality of where people are going if they are lost and where they are right now before the Lord, we will never be motivated yeah. and to really go and tell people about Jesus. And I think in a nutshell, the reason why we do it is because there are millions of people lost, alienated from the Lord. Mm. They are running away from him. And many of them don't have a blind clue what's going on or what the reality is. Mm. And yet the Lord has given us a great message and a light to shine in their lives that can completely change their lives. And so, in a nutshell, that's how I think about evangelism and why we go. We're called to make disciples of all nations because we have a missional God who loves people, Hmm. wants to save people, and he's going to use us as his instruments, and we want to play that part. Yeah, and it can feel a little bit like sometimes when you think about evangelism from a church strategy point of view, like a a thing we do to grow the church or something, you know, gross like that. But you've got to step back from that to be like, yeah, like you said, it's people are dying and going to hell and will face almighty God and stand there with their, their sins, um, unclothed by the righteousness of Christ. And whenever I get that perspective, oh, you know, you have that sense. I got to tell people, how can I share it? But when I don't have that perspective, you can just be like, oh, I'll take it or leave it. I've got a lot of things going on in my life, um, yes. et cetera. Yeah, isn't it true that we just forget? I remember actually sitting in this very office that we're in now, um, organizing a message for several years ago, and just having a, a vision that I think was from the Lord, and just seeing people as if they were in orange jumpsuits. Mm. You know, just it, it, it became vivid to me. Like on death row. Yeah. Yeah, so literally, and just being aware before the Lord, you know, the, the people in the offices opposite or people walking down the street, that's that's actually their reality. They're on death row and they don't know and they're just thinking it's good fun and that changes everything. I think mm. if we can learn to think like that. And then when you kind of think about the love that we were shown, like how could we not, you know, yeah, when we were dead in our trespasses yep. and sins, Christ loved us and yep. made us alive together with him and he showed us grace and so... What are we going to do? Just hold on to this great present yeah. or... Hide the light. Yeah, yep. tell other people. Right, amen. 
Um, and then obviously because he commands us, you know, yes. Matthew 28, it's just basic. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's fundamental. It's at the foundation of, it's how we got saved. Someone else told us. That's right. And Where so, would we be if somebody had not come after and told us the yeah. truth? Where would we be? Yeah. Um, why don't you read Romans 10 there? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the two key verses, I think, uh, the, the Romans 10, 9, and then going through to 13 and 14, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I think it's one of the most profound, glorious verses mm. that having Paul having taught us around um, the power of the gospel that has the power to change people's lives. Then we realize everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's just a fact. It's a a passionate truth. But then he he soberly says this to us, but how are they to call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they have been sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You just realize, you know, the, the verse that you just quoted in Matthew 28, you know, that those that have been sent, oh, that's us. Yeah. So how are they going to hear unless we actually go? And you realize that there is a truth that could completely change their lives, that can take them from darkness to light, that can change from blindness to seeing, that can completely, powerfully revolutionize people's lives. But how are they to call on the name that they've never heard of? And how are they to hear unless we go? Mm. You realize we we must go. We yes. must go. And we, and we have been sent, you know, like yes, as Christ have. said to the disciples, as I've been sent, I'm sending you. Amen. And yep. Matthew 28, yep. of course, yep. Romans 10. <clears throat> yep, John 20. Yep, we have been, Yeah, John 20, we have exactly. Been sent. Yep. Uh, and that's why um, I think it's so cool that in our statement of, or our mission statement as our two churches, we're trying to build a church who are passionate about proclaiming the gospel yeah and that's not just as a church organization that's as individuals we want every member of our church to own that as their own personal mission statement i am a person passionate about proclaiming the gospel not just hiring dave or brennan or someone (laughs) to preach the gospel for me but i want to be a gospel proclaimer myself Um, so how do we go about proclaiming the gospel how do you try and lead your uh, the church that you have the joy and privilege of pastoring to be passionate about proclaiming the gospel oh bro i mean (laughs) maybe we're just in process like everybody else i think this i mean maybe it's just me this seems to be the hardest part of church life often Mm. you know if we want to teach people about marriage or parenting or life or work it's like great i'm in for that that sounds great okay we're going to do an evangelism class (laughs) oh that seems to be the that's so on my hair washing night. I wash my hair on those nights. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing stuff. What, what stuff? I don't know yet. Just stuff. And we feel it ourselves, right? Yeah. We know that often this is the one that we feel a real weakness in. So I think there's probably two parts of our strategy. One is trying to equip the saints mm-hmm. for works of ministry. And so we do try and include this as an application point in a lot of messages yeah. where the text leans towards this and we can go there. We do go there. And we try and give people updates on Sundays as best as we can. Mm. That can sometimes be strange because you're away. You've got their unbelieving friends right there. So you, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a thing to navigate yeah. of how to encourage the saints. We're also we're just starting a course actually this year. The whole um, gospel for life stuff, passion for life, passion stuff. for life from the UK. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're looking to actually roll that out to our gospel communities this year. So let's make it really central to our mission. And I know you've done stuff where you've really got the yeah. church to pray a ton. And so, so we don't have this as like an add-on extra to our church. It, we, we take this to the heart of our church as best we can. And to really drive home, I think, you know, do the work of an evangelist. How can we equip the saints? Yeah. What is it that people are struggling with? Is it the fear of man or is it they don't know what to say? Is it lack of prayer? I don't know. Well, let's find out mm. and let's help people in that stuff. What do you do? Well, I mean, we took a lot from what you guys have done. But one of the questions that we're often asking in our growth groups, so we have them once a month with the guys, how's your mission? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you reaching yeah. out to? And we probably don't go enough on the equipping, like, Okay, so how do you actually have a gospel conversation? How do you yes. tell someone that you've been caring for for a long time the gospel? How do you make that happen? But we are certainly trying to bring it up as a part of this is mature discipleship. Is You're yes. constantly trying to proclaim the gospel to people um, and giving it as a point of application, a point of prayer, um, updates, stories in our life yes. groups, a community of people doing it. I do think there there is such a... There is a good role for programs that can yeah. help bring a bit of momentum and enthusiasm so. and urgency to the task yeah, of proclamation. Heat. Yep. Yeah, the heat. And I think, you know, like uh, Reach Australia talk about that, like bringing missional heat um, across the church. And I remember meeting with a pastor, uh, Matt Sparks, and he was saying it's yeah. one of the things that yeah. just falls off the radar so easily. Right. So you've got to keep pinpointing it and that. bring it yeah. back. Well said. And um, yeah, so there's some of the things we do. This year we're doing... We're doing Monthly prayer nights for mission. Excellent. Um, you know, and we did that last year as well, and that that helped kind of bring together a whole bunch of people who were pa- really passionate and keen to pray. And then they were really instrumental when we launched Alpha. The same people were really pretty much involved with that. Tell uh, us about your Alpha because I I know that was a good yeah. That talk was... me through that. I mean, how did what what was that? So that you come up with this idea to do Alpha, but you got your church rallied around this. Yeah. How did you do that? Talk us through that. Well, it, it was actually born out of one of those prayer nights. So we were in our lockdown in, in Australia in whatever month it was, July or something. And month, I was just month, thinking, <laughs> we're a church plant. We didn't come here to yeah. run an online yeah. service. We could <laughs> no. easily stay at your oh, church God. and had a fine yeah. online yeah, service. You, yeah, you could have been online with us. Uh, and I was like, what, what are we doing, Lord? We want to reach people, but right. we can't go out. And then as we were having one of these prayer nights, I was sitting there. It was a Zoom prayer night because we continued them on Zoom. And I just had this sense of like, we should do Alpha and we should do it online and we should do it. And I I said to Richie, who was helping lead mission for our church, I said, we should do it. He's like, we can't do it. I'm like, we're doing it. He's like, okay. And then he really gave, because he's really good strategic and really Mm -hmm. good operations. And so he got it going. But basically it was born out of that heart of like, well, if we can't go to people, maybe they'll come to us. Yeah. And... Alpha just had the best online platform. It was right. really super simple and easy. And there's lots of positives and negatives about... And you got a great buy-in from your church. Yeah, lots of positive negatives in the Alpha course. Um, yep. But we, we got buy-in from the church. And we're Definitely. like, guys, we're going all in on this. And yeah. and yeah, we saw grapefruit. We had, you know, in terms of statistics, we probably we had 50% of the, percent, the uh, population of our church come to alpha in that sense so yeah, you know we have like 60 people in a church we had 30 people come to alpha fantastic and then 15 people stayed on for the 13 weeks and then five people have signed up to do a follow-up bible study that's so good man. Um, and we we just tried to put a lot of effort and concentrate a resource in it right we, we showed all our life groups the alpha video we trained yeah. up people in how to run alpha 
we talked about it all the time. We had a prayer group meeting during Alpha so that it wasn't just a program. We were desperately praying for an hour every night while they were doing it. So it was cool. It was cool and it was a sweet season and it it was actually easy. Yeah. Do you know, like, if you had done, oh, let's do 13 weeks of something else, people would have flagged well, out. Are you on, kidding? But it's a long time. But the mission, it just drew this strength from the Spirit. Yes. And everyone that was involved in it loved it and was encouraged by it. And it was a sweet time. And so, so yes. glad the Lord led us. And we just want to keep keep that risk-taking in that yeah. initiative. Um, so that's one thing that we did that we're that's looking excellent. to keep doing. That I, that I do agree with you, that missional heat piece. Mm. Um, the thing that I've always liked about Alpha or Christianity Explored or Institution Jesus, big, big course, is they just focus the church into, there's a date on this. Yeah. And we're working towards this. Who could I bring to to this? Um, I think we're, we're growingly trying to be a church where there's always something. Yes. So Alpha's finished. Okay, what's next? Yeah. Now we've got the international dinner or the inter. Okay, so we're thinking about that. Who's going to be? Oh, no, what's next? Not that that's the only style of evangelism we have because that's heavily um, program based and heavily invitational, but it can be part of it. So yeah. even if I'm just at the friend of sinner stage, getting to know people, I'm just more mindful of it when I know, oh, there's the September course or there's the December thing, and which I really like. I think it yeah. helps it not fall off the grid. Because it just so it falls off. Just falls off. Yeah, you just forget. It's just like romance in a marriage. It falls off. Yeah. Because it's it, hard. It takes intentionality it. Yep. and work. But yep. but when you do it, it's so you know it makes yeah, it all, it's a all the yeah, better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and I do think, and I've been th- I said this to you just before. I, I do think that uh, proclaiming the gospel and mission is sort of like the keystone activity. Like if you if people are trying to be missional, well then their holiness is gonna improve their attendance is going to improve their knowledge of the gospel is going to improve because you've got to do all those things to actually do it yes but if you don't be missional and you just do the knowing and applying i wonder you just get a bit it's a bit sick for the church it's it's a sign of ill health in a sense yeah i mean in many ways bro when you think about it the it's an overflow of knowing and applying yeah you know when you when people have a baby for the first time you just can't shut them up about yeah. this baby, can you? It's Facebook, heaven, you know, you got a picture of, oh, this is how they change every hour on the hour. Yeah, or fur babies, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, people are delaying it's having kids, but they've got yeah, a fur baby. Yeah, we're talking about my dog, oh, only 10 times. Um, yeah, just people, people <laughs> love, we, it, because we cannot help, when we fall in love with somebody or something, mm. we cannot help but talk about that. Yeah. And I think the same is true for Jesus. So when we really know him and we apply him and we're amazed by him, Unless we check that, which is what C.S. Lewis took about in praise, yeah. unless we check that and turn that off, it's automatically going to come out as praise, but also conversation. Yeah, I want. Let me tell you about a man that changed my life. You know, it's mm. gonna, it's gonna happen. One of the things we've learned, you know, over the years is, is the sort of First Corinthians nine twenty two principle. Oh yeah, um, of I become all things to all men, so that by all means I might win some. That's been an important strategy for us, I think, just as part and parcel of this conversation as well and proclaiming and understanding it's not one size fits all. Yeah. Because an alpha course would appeal to somebody. Yeah. And there might be another type of person that'd be like, I would never, ever go on a course like that. And you're like, that's okay. So how are we going to win them? And So we think of it as sort of, you know, that sort of friend of sinners opportunities. Just how am I even interacting because for some people, and it, I was the same once upon a time, you realize, I don't know any non-Christian. Right. 
I've built my life into the church and his people. And so that, that's often where it begins, mm. just understanding Jesus was a friend of sinners. He hung around with people that didn't know him. So how do we do that? Whether that be the school gate or the sports club or, or work, we encourage people to be in the world to win the world. If yeah. We're not even in the world. The sort of sorte mission to drop a leaflet off and hope they're going to come to Alpha is not going to happen. Yeah. They're probably not going to come. Um, second stage would be that church introduction opportunities. You know, John 13, I've always found curious that when Jesus is talking, you know, through your love for one another, people will know you're my disciples. So how can we bring people into a context where they see this church community? Because mm. I think it still affects people. I think the church is powerful. When they see cross-generational, um, cross-cultural, man, you guys are tired. Mm. and you really love each other it is still powerful yeah that desire to belong and then the third facet then being those direct gospel preaching opportunities which is like your alpha your christmas carols baby dedications is a big one for us the people's friends and family will come to those things and so we don't think of it as just a one thing strategy we have all those things in play all the time now you know we're uh, we've been in church together a long time and mm. uh, we're saying all these things. These are things we're trying to do to be faithful, born yeah. from principles of Scripture. But it would be fair to say that we haven't seen like great, we crazy fruit from all of this. No, so, and I, I would hazard to guess we're probably not in the minority. That most churches yeah. are probably not seeing, you know, people saved every week, baptized every week. Yeah. Um, that it, for the general church, that you could go a year or two without seeing a convert. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately and i mean and it's not for lack of faithful effort or even effective effort again it is the sovereign lord who chooses which soil of the heart the seed falls upon and Uh, we've added nothing added into that where we've seen people come to know jesus through a friend and they've lived 40 minutes away and we've helped them plug into another church (laughs) yeah that as well you're like our church has seen no effect yes and that's the one with alpha our alpha online if a bunch of them become christians hardly any of them they're not going to join our church um and so if anyone's listening to this thinking wow they just do so much mission and they must be just baptizing every three minutes it's unfortunately it's it's just not the case but you have been in a season in a church where that did happen where Mm -hmm. the church grew rapidly and and people did become christians so Was there any difference in strategy, or was it just? Do you would you say it was the just the sovereign? Yeah, Lord no, sir. And... Yeah, there were, we. I mean, that was particularly in the UK. We saw a lot of people come to know the Lord. We had just had a great season, mm. and nope, just can't put my finger on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that the Lord just blessed it. It, mm. it wasn't a program or a, a, a strategy any different to what we're talking about, but the Lord just opens people's eyes and. Mm. It was a neat season. It was really good. And I think the one thing I've, I'm going into this year with, to be honest with you, is I just want to pray more. Mm. You know, Paul was a man who was steadfast in prayer. I was just reading Mark 1 yesterday. Jesus, and lo and behold, where is he? He's out the back praying. And you think, man, I'm all for strategies. I think they're very important. But I think prayer can get lost in the midst of mm. that and so i don't think prayer's like the secret ingredient either per se i don't think there's a silver bullet but i do think that's the one thing that would be like yeah how can we just grow in absolute dependence upon mm. the lord and then fearless proclamation yeah and trust the lord what we can't do is demand he gives us the fruit yeah 
But what we can do is be faithful with a song. We can be we can play our part. But I, I would I would agree with you. I wouldn't want anybody listening thinking, man, these guys must be rock stars and baptizing ten people a week. I wish we were. Yeah. And we long for that. But we, we we don't see that. But what we do do and seek to do in the midst of being passionate about proclaiming the gospel is at least be able to hold our head up high that we're being as faithful as we can be yeah. with the task. Um, and that's what we're shooting for. The Fantastic. Lord that will get the fruit. And may he do it. Thank you know, you. hopefully Amen. we'll come back on in next season's yep. podcast and I would update love that. you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's uh, well, thank you for joining us for this season uh, on what it looks like to attempt, you know, to try to be a gospel-centered church, a church that is passionate about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We've looked at four main things, but we're trying to build a community of people, not just an organization or a, a group, but a, a community, a church bought by the blood of Christ who are passionate about knowing the gospel, applying the gospel, proclaiming the gospel. And you could really substitute the word gospel with Jesus there. It's about knowing Jesus, applying his teaching and proclaiming him. And he is the good news. He is the gospel. Uh, and so I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll be coming back with a, a new season uh, at some point. Uh, if you have any questions or any feedback, you'd like to um, ask anything, uh, send it through via uh, sovereigngrace.com. And then you can follow the Australia website there and email myself. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Bye. But I do agree. It's two or three. Let's go because in twenty three <coughs> minutes I gotta stop. So yeah. this is twenty six minutes. Yeah. Are we doing the jingle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try and say the thing right. I don't even have it oh, in front okay, of me. Okay, good. All right.